Hey guys, thanks to everybody who listened to our TV Hidden Gem episode. We got a lot of good responses. People who knew the shows we were talking about were like, hell yeah, Death Valley's awesome. Oh, I saw the Nick. That shit was great. Thanks for sharing your hidden gems with us. I'm going to have to check some of that stuff out. But I got to give a shout out to some of our top cities. Council Bluffs, Iowa. Bam, holding it down big time this month. Thank you, guys. LA, hometown. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Toronto, Canada. Thanks again. Coming over international. Matthews, North Carolina. Portland, Oregon. Appreciate that. Collinwood, Canada. Melbourne, Australia. And of course, Harlem Netherlands is always holding it down. We're big in the Netherlands, guys. Who knew? Who I know knew? <laughs> they've they've been with us since like almost the beginning, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't even know who this is. If you are a listener in the Netherlands, hit us up because we want to know how you found us and what makes the Launchpad Podcast such a draw in the Netherlands. Cairo, Egypt. I love this one. That's awesome to see that we're popping up in Egypt, all over the world, and of course, Tokyo, Japan. Thanks to all our listeners all over the world. We really appreciate all the support. We love hearing from you guys. We love all the interaction we've been getting on social media. And it's just been a lot of fun. Great summer for Launchpad Podcasts. We've had a lot of new listeners, a lot of fun episodes. It's been really cool. But today, we're just doing a little, you know, what have you been watching? So let's get into it. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm uh, Matt. You know, last week we did that TV Hidden Gem episode. That was pretty fun, right? It was. It was pretty fun, yes. Well, I made a huge mistake. Like, I messed up big time. Like, bad roomie. Messed up. Okay. After we were done, my wife was like, I listened to your episode. I was like, yeah. She's like, it was okay. I was like, what do you mean just okay? And she's like, well, you forgot two huge shows. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's like she's like, it's your like favorite. We, we watch this show all the time when we're just like getting ready for bed. We just throw one of these on. This is two of Brad Neely's series and it's China, Illinois and Hargnall and Sclopio Pipio. Is that the guy who did um, like Washington? Yes. Washington. The Washington video. Washington. Yeah. Six foot tall, fucking, fucking killing for fun. Yeah. That guy's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Dude, do you know? So like I teach fucking kindergarten, right? And yeah. we do a whole thing on Washington and we do President's Day. I We make little like blue construction paper hats, like George Washington hats. Yeah. And I every year take a video of them saying something from that song. Like I have a video of 26 five-year-olds with that hat going... We'll save children, but not the British children. (laughs) (laughs) He once held an opponent's wife's hand in a vat of acid. Acid. (laughs) I heard motherfucker had like 30 goddamn dicks. He's coming. He's coming. (laughs) And do you remember when we were roomies and I wouldn't give you hugs? And for uh, Christmas one year, I gave you a coupon for bro grabs. And the picture on it was the Professor Brothers hugging it out. Yes, yes, yes. That's from China, Illinois. And it was two. He had two series. One was China, Illinois, which was about the college and all the people that lived in his wacky town and just their adventures. And it's hysterical. Fucking hysterical. I feel like I watched one or two episodes of China and I was like, eh, like I get it and it's cool, but I don't really care. Then uh, Hargnall and Sclopio Pipio was just nonsense. It's a variety show, like short, short, like one minute little segments. And it just is very quick fire, very non sequitur. 
One of my favorite bits in it was Teen Girl with a Predator Head, which was like a fake intro to a sitcom. Teen Girl with a Predator Head, Predator Head, Predator. And they're just like, (laughs) her parents were completely normal, but she just looked like a predator (laughs) on her head. (laughs) And it was just bonkers. And I love those shows so much. And my wife is totally right. She can uh, put another mark to the right column that uh, (laughs) those shows are great. And I forgot to mention them. And I, I did post the addendum on our social media and people were like, yeah, these shows are great. So they already were on it and I was just a failure. So <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call you. Well, in, in your in your defense, like we have so much to talk about. And in a shit like like in an episode like that. There's like we always have stuff that's left like on the cutting room floor, so to speak, that we didn't get to. Yeah. Which, like, that's not really, like, a great excuse, but sometimes it's not because we forget shit. It's just because we have a million fucking things to talk about. But I feel bad about this one, just because I love those shows so much. So, on our <laughs> social media, tuta.dose.art commented on my Hargnollin Sclopio Pipio post. He goes, yeah, I'm a Brazilian who first heard about Brad Neely in a whorehouse in Uruguay. And I was like, uh... Awesome. I hope you tipped her well. <laughs> yeah, do tell tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, getting good recommendations out of Uruguay sex workers. Good job. <laughs> In my experience, they only give good recommendations. <laughs> and I like that you think it was the sex worker, like, either before or after the actual prostitute was like, hey, you know what you should try? Have you ever heard of Brad Neely? He's got some funny bits. And then, and then, in, in, like, here's my idea. He shows up, he gives her the money, and instead of having sex, she just shows him YouTube clips all day. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, wow, this was better than sex. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about what we're watching today. What's uh, you, You've had a busy week, dude. You just started digital school, right? Yeah. So it was like crazy shit. But I actually, I thought I wouldn't have time to do anything fun. But because I've been so friggin' busy, like I needed something to do at night just to chill out. I also am pretty sure that the friggin' baby just got me sick. So... Today, after we're done, I'm just getting under the covers and I'm just having a roomy day of just, or at least a roomy hour or two, hopefully, um, of just chilling. So I have some stuff on the slate for today, but... How did the baby get you sick? Isn't he the most socially distanced out of your entire family? You'd think, but I think, he, you know, honestly, if I could tell you, and I might be a bad parent for, for this, if this is true, but I think he's sneaking out sometimes mm. and like going to hang out with friends and shit. Baby fight club. That would explain a lot, because I know I'm not hitting him hard enough to give bruises, but <laughs> that kid looks fucked up. <laughs> also, on a complete tangent, uh, no, it's not a tangent, I'll make it relate. You, I don't remember if I've even shared this to you yet, but you're wearing our, I think our first Launchpad shirt that you had made for us, where it's like a black tee, and it's got our big Launchpad insignia on our chest, like Superman. Yep. The other day I wore the shirt that I have that is made of the images that you made of us with Dolph Lundgren. Nice. And I realized in the awesome one of him turning around with the shotgun and blasting us, we both have that same shirt on and it's just a black shirt with a launch pad insignia right in the chest. And we look like like thugs from like the Batman 66 you know, uh, uh, TV show because we're dressed the same. We just look like mugs. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> henchmen. That's what we look like. We look like launch pad, hen- like launch pad podcast henchmen. Well, if we did have henchmen, they would have to wear this shirt. I guarantee. Oh, fuck. Yes, they would. <laughs> Relating that to art. So a couple of years ago, I think it was the Comic Con that we both went to together. I think it was 17, maybe 18. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they Printed in Blood released this bitch and th- the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing art book. Right. It's like fucking 300 pages. And both of us looked through it, but like we're like, we have bigger fish to fry at Comic-Con. We don't want to spend the money. The other day I looked into it and I was like, it's one of those things. And I don't know. I think Amazon does this on purpose. But like I was looking at it and it was like 30 bucks. And I was like, I'll get it when I you know did something to deserve a treat. So I put it on my wish list. And then a couple days later, it was sold out. And then it came back and then it was sold out again. And then I looked on eBay and there was like two on eBay. So I was like... And they were like special signed editions. And I was like, fuck, if it comes back, I'm buying it. And it came back on Amazon. I'm sure they have a fucking warehouse full of them. But either way, I was like, boom, add to cart. I'm buying it. Dude, do you think that there's an algorithm that's like, this guy put it in his cart but didn't buy it right away. Let's make it go out of stock. I'm doing that in air quotes. And like, they just have a computer pull it out of stock so that you are the one who's like, oh no, I lost yeah. it. And then I also, I also think they do that with ti- prices sometimes. Yeah. When they, sometimes I put stuff in there and they'll either make the price go up a little or down a little. And it's just enough for me to notice that I'm like, oh wait, oh, I should have bought it. And then like, when it comes like, it'll go up two bucks. And when it comes back down two bucks, I'm like, click, because I'm stupid. Yeah, man. I'm a pawn. I'm a pawn. And I need my Black Series Imperial Probe Droid. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say they did come out with Baby Yoda and he's only 10 bucks instead of the 25 that the Black Series usually are. Oh, so you're getting a deal. Yeah, that's another <laughs> algorithm right there. They're like these fucking idiots. So you got the thing book. What's cool about it? Yeah, it's great. So there's a lot of cool art in it. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, and you guys, if you guys haven't seen it, it's really just a book of like 200 different artists take on John Carpenter's The Thing. And, you know, there's a million pictures of the same concepts over and over. But I like the ones that like, uh, my favorite to look at were the ones that you look at it and you're like, oh, cool. It's this. But then just as you're about to turn the page, you notice something else. And it like you're like, oh, shit. Like there's one. And I think I might have gotten this wrong. I think the artist is Dave Kennedy, but I'm trying to pull it up and I can't find it. Anyway, it says the thing on the bottom of the poster. And it's just all snow. And it's a bird's eye view of the ship that this that the the norwegians uncovered yeah and it's really cool and as i'm looking i'm like i know there's more to this image and then i realize the eye in the thing the thing is written in very plain text it's not written in the thing you know font the eye is the little square rectangle grave that they lifted the the frozen alien out of oh that's kind of cool the helicopter is in the middle of this piece and there's three little dots around the eye. So it's Mac, and I think it was it was Mac, the guy whose head falls off, and um, the doctor. And they went to the Norwegian camp. So it's pretty cool. And it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, you have to look for a second before you realize that it doesn't just say the thing. There's three characters part of the down scene. there, and that's the eye. Yeah. I remember this book in at Comic-Con, and the reason I didn't pick it up is it was a little expensive. It was like 90 bucks. They wanted a lot for it. And... On top of they that, they had a special one and they were getting signed like crazy. Getting signed. But on top of that, there were too many pictures that didn't have the thing in it. And that's the only thing I want to look at is the tentacle I get that. teeth. And like that is a cool poster. And I like it when they do all cool stuff with 
the concept and that's worth getting. But like, if you just have McCready with a flamethrower on, I don't care. There's a bunch of those. And like, I just like, and they kind of have it in kind of sections. Last night, there was a lot of sections of like, it was McCready with the flamethrower in his shape and his face. But then the rest of his body was kind of all different other images, both of the thing and other characters. That's cool. Some were very literal. Some were more loose interpretations. Still really cool to see them all in one place. But um, I'll give you a couple other notable ones that I liked. Uh, there was one by an artist named Kate Kennedy. Not to be confused with the other Kennedy that I just mentioned. This one's called The Chase. And my favorite thing about the, th- the thing, I think, is the dog. And I think it's the fucking greatest animal actor I've ever seen in a movie. That dog is so fucking cool. But this is just like a snowy scene. And on the bottom third of the page is the husky. And it's running towards the bottom right corner. And trailing behind it are just footprints in the snow. And the last couple footprints where the dog's foot is actually touching the snow, there's like those squiggly lines coming out to to imply tentacles slash I mean it looks like a it looks like the shadows of tentacles. Yeah. So it's just as like, you know, the dog is more than it seems. And I just it's very simple. It's it's there's only the only colors in it are the white and the blue of the snow, the shadow and the dog. Yeah. Which I love. Something that I don't think John Carpenter's a thing gets enough credit for is to have the dogs be the first thing to go because it has multiple layers to that. First, on a utilitarian level shit, we can't just simply go somewhere without revving up a helicopter or using a bigger machine. Our simplest form of transportation has been taken away from us. That's the, that's mm. the utilitarian level. And then the emotional level, because the guy who takes care of the dogs is like, those are my dogs, dude. I cared for those animals. I liked those animals. They were my friends. And he's really upset about it. You know, like the Rancor Keeper, he's crying about it. And it's like, <laughs> suddenly you're like, oh my God, they just killed a bunch of dogs, which is a big movie no-no. A Mm -hmm. bunch of dogs Mm -hmm. just died. So it's like, that's a huge gut punch right off the bat. I just love that. And it's such a cool opening. You know what I mean? The dog running through the snow, the helicopter chasing him, shooting at him, dropping bombs at him. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it immediately ties you (laughs) in with- That must be one bad dog. (laughs) (laughs) It immediately ties you with the characters in the outpost because you're with them. Like, what the fuck is happening here? I don't know what's going on. Can you imagine if you saw that? Can you be like- what would he do? They're like, don't pet that dog. He pooped in my <laughs> shoe. <laughs> With the little uh, Dr. Cold ice goggles, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. ice visors. There's another really cool piece in this book uh, by Rafi, Rafael, Rafael Alvarez. And it is, you know, the cast crowded around one of the bodies. I forget everybody's name. The one in the snow has the long hands and goes, yeah. Ooh! That part freaks me the fuck out every time. It's, oh, it's so great. creepy. But they're crowded around him, almost in like in a circle, and one of the characters in the middle is holding a flare, so the light source is in the middle of them. Yeah. Yes. So and the behind every person, out. there's yeah. a shadows. Long shadows. And the shadows are, yeah, they're super stretched out, and one of the shadows that's going down is like an amorphous, you know, human shape that looks more like a thing than the, the thing. But it's another one of those, those things where for a quick second... You don't even notice that part of it. Yeah. You're looking because your eye is drawn to the people. But then when you follow the shadows, you see that one of those shadows is showing that that person is not what it seems. It's well, pretty cool. But Matt, you're going to have to take some pictures of this and we will throw them up on social media. Maybe do a thing Thursday or something like that where we post a bunch Ooh, okay. of John Carpenter's thing stuff. I actually meant to just <laughs> I meant to send you these before we started, but I forgot. My favorite one is by an artist who is just D-O-A-L-Y and... 
it the whole page is this giant close up of a dog face. So you got the eye, you got the nose, the uh, like a husky, the white and the black, and it says mm-hmm. John Carpenter's the thing. And then you notice that there's like circular lines like on a globe, like you know, a hemisphere kind of lines. Yeah. So longitude and shows and latitude. You, right, right. And you see the dog's eye is at the top of that globe. So you're like, oh, I see. It's it's showing the isolation and it's showing, you know, that Antarctica is happening or this is happening in Antarctica, the top of the globe. And the, you know, the globe, the land masses and stuff make this furry dog face. And then you look closer and you realize that the eye is the blood Petri dish. Yeah. So it's got this blood red eye. And then you look even closer and you see that the blood, there's like things coming out of it to show that that's not human blood. And you're like, the, um, um, and it's very simple, but the amount of levels, like that's the, that's the artist from this book that I will reach out and see if this original is, if it's a, a, an actual physical media or if he did it on computer. Because if it's real, I would like to buy that because it's also one of those things that like would look bitching up on the wall because you, it would, you'd do a double take and be like, oh, that's the thing. Then you do a triple take and be like, oh, wait, those are, hard, uh, those are long- longitudinal lines. Oh, wait, that's the, the Petri dish. It's just really fucking cool. That's awesome, man. Very cool stuff. Yeah, that's a great yeah. book. People should check it out. At least take a look. It's uh, on Amazon, and the price will fluctuate depending on if it's yeah, in yeah, your yeah. Depending on when you put it in your cart. <laughs> so I've been watching a bunch of movies lately, and been watching some good ones, man. I've had some a pretty good run of some pretty sweet movies. But when you watch so many, you know they stand out. Man, where do I, I want to start with the one I watched the farthest back? This is Death Becomes Her. I watched this like two weeks ago. Do you remember this one? Have you seen Death Becomes Absolutely. Her? I saw it in I saw it in theaters with my family when really? it came out. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I remember I remember we all loved it. Yeah. And I we watched it. I think me and Amanda watched it within the last, I don't know, five or eight years. Huh. But it's great. It's definitely great. And this is directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's basically basically the same team that made Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it has Bruce Willis in it, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, Isabella Rossellini. I mean, it is really fun and very over the top it won an oscar for the best visual effects in 1992 it has insane visual effects for the time there's certainly some parts that you know are a little iffy nowadays but for what they're doing they're pulling it off really well but basically bruce willis is a famous plastic surgeon and he is in love with these two women and they kind of fight over him throughout the movie goldie hawn and meryl streep right yeah 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 and he is engaged to Goldie Hawn, but ends up marrying Meryl Streep, and then it flash forwards a bunch of years, and he is basically lost his job, and she just is uh, so mean to him, and he's like sleeping in the attic by himself, and they live in this bitchin' house because they made a ton of money, because she's like a famous Broadway singer, and he was a huge plastic surgeon, but he has basically fallen on hard times and now is a cosmetic doctor for corpses, mortician, I suppose. <laughs> he goes to Goldie Hawn's book release party and now she's smoking hot and he's like whoa and there's this like big fight for him and the two women are just obsessed with their looks they're so superficial and they go to this like secret beauty treatment that Isabella Rossellini has and it's basically a potion and oh I them, forgot she was in yeah it. turns them immortal and they like look young and beautiful and they're gonna stay that way forever 
and Meryl Streep comes home and Bruce Willis shoves her down the stairs and her head gets completely twisted on backwards. But because she took this potion, she's still alive and she stands up and her head is twisted the fuck around backwards. And then, of course, Goldie Hawn shows up and they're fighting over him and Meryl Streep shoots Goldie Hawn in the chest with a shotgun blowing a gigantic hole that you can see through and she flies into a fountain, gets back up and... For most of this movie, she has a hole in her stomach that you can see through. Stuff passes through it. There's a moment where they're throwing like a, a broom handle, like a spear at each other, and she throws it through Goldie Hawn's hole in her stomach into the couch. And then later, Goldie Hawn sits down and the broom sticks through her stomach. And I was like, how the fuck are they doing <laughs> that? It's incredible. And I'm sure it's like, you know, great VFX tricks, but it was so well done. It's really funny and just, you know, superficial and it knows what it is, but it's having good time with it. And Bruce Willis plays a doofus, which is really bizarre because you usually see him as a tough guy. It was really fun to see him play kind of a dummy. And he does a good job. And it's definitely like one of the things that, that I'm taking away from what you just said was how do they do that? And I think it's one of the last great how did they do that movies? Yeah. Because now the answer, and it is it is a cheap answer, but it's true. The answer is just, oh, computers. Oh, yeah. computer. They just use computers. And and that's that is oversimplifying it because even though I'm a practical effects guy at heart, computer effects is still has its place and it's so much work. It's there's a lot to it. It's not just easy to do a computer. Effects, you don't have the Thanos button where you press a button and then there you have a Thanos. I think this movie was made at a time when they were discovering that they had the technology to do some of this shit, and they were but but it still was like okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we want to throw a broom through her. How can we best show that using the tools that are available? Yeah. And in this case, it was both digital tools and, and practical live action tools. Whereas now I think they're just like, oh, worry, well, you know, we'll just shoot a green screen and worry about it later. And that's, that's oversimplifying it, yes. But I think a lot of times that's kind of how people nowadays approach things. Just, oh, sure. we'll worry about it later. Yeah. And I think this, the thing is, this uses a lot of practical things in it but the computer assisted mm. and there's still a lot of pieces to it that had yeah. to be done on set to make this happen. And it was, it was really fun, man. And I, I put a post out saying this did not, does not have the cult following that it deserves. And I got a lot of responses saying they agreed, but man, what a cool movie. And I, man, I would love to do a screening of this. If we had a space to throw movies up and have people come check it out with us, this would be one that I would love to show because I think it's just really fun. And I just, I, had, I just never saw it. I missed it somehow. Yeah, and Ru me and Rumi talk every couple of days in some form or another, I pretty, pretty consistently. And this is one of those things that he has mentioned like numerous, numerous times in the last week or two. Oh, it, he is yeah. on, He is on board for this movie, and rightly so. Like, I get it. It was really fun. I had a great time with it. And I think it'd be a fun movie with an audience, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's I think it's pretty fucking cool, and, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know it was cool too. This came out when the move when the uh, TV show Movie Magic was around. Remember that show? No, really? No, I don't know it. It was like a behind the scenes Movie Magic show. It was like what part of what got me into special effects, and they would take a movie like that. It was like made from promotional material and shit, but they would dissect it and they'd break apart how this specific effect or this specific illusion was, was oh, produced. See, I didn't oh, have cable I until I was in maybe late high school, but yeah, I never got to see anything like that. Oh, it was so good, man. Oh, you, you got to look at, you got to, and you could find it online. I, this is one of those things I would have thought immediately that you'd been on board with. Holy shit. 
No, I I only had DVD special features. That's how I got my behind the scenes. You're younger than me. That's why. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great. And this is I remember watching and and this is this was one of those first big movies that put like digital effects in the normal person's mind. Like where my dad was like, "Oh, look. They're making that like this." You know what I mean? Like he, he was like, "Oh, that can be made when this happens." One of the know? first like online features that I found from that show is how they did the VFX in The Abyss. Yeah, okay. There you go. That was another one. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch that movie. <laughs> Death Becomes Her. And Death Becomes Her, it's one of those movies too that like I told you we saw it as a family. We all liked it. I liked it. My sister liked it. My mom liked it. My dad liked it for different reasons maybe. But still, when you get a movie that can hit everybody like that, it's yeah. pretty fucking cool. You oh, know? that's great. So what else you got going? You've been watching anything? You've been reading anything? Yeah, I got I got two two movies, okay? All right. One of them is good. Well, one of them is good. <laughs> one of them is like more of shitty movie Sunday, but you could definitely do it by yourself, but it's it, both of them are horror. This one is silly in a lot of it, but the effects are fucking good and the kills are good. So yep. you tell me which one you want to hear about first and I'll fire that one. Uh, give me the silly for a lot of it one. All right. Uh, this is a movie that I've seen in video stores a bunch of times and I've seen on Amazon and streaming services a bunch of times, but I never actually watched it. I've just seen that it existed. The other night I was in the mood for an 80s horror and I didn't really have parameters further than that. So I popped in Mausoleum from 1983. Did you ever see it? No. The video, the video store cover slash what's on Amazon and it's on Tubi as well is like a skeleton kind of holding a mausoleum and it says centuries of evil have just awakened. Oh, okay. Huh. All right. Opens with some little girl at a funeral and she's crying and she, the fucking door blows off this mausoleum and some other bullshit happens. It ends up that this pretty good looking older woman is possessed. And when she's possessed, <laughs> when she enacts her possession, her she turns into a freeze frame in most of it, and her eyes glow like spawn green with like <laughs> rotoscoping. Yeah, it's terrible. It, it's almost to the point where you're like, "Is this a joke? Like, are we are we farcing this right now?" And you know that this looks silly, and it also makes like a weird noise when her <laughs> eyes go green. Yeah, and she's got best. like telekinetic powers, so like. Okay. She's got the, like this gardener is being skeevy to her, so she to him, and she makes the doors and shit flap all open. But then she also gets super horny, so she bangs that guy. He gets off easy, but it's a there's a reveal trick with him that comes in later. I won't re- I won't spoil it because it doesn't matter. But uh, when she really gets like super possessed, she goes to this mall, and I think it's the mall from. Uh, a chopping mall and commando and commando. Yeah. Every eighties, I think every eighties movie that took place in a mall filmed in that specific mall. But she goes into this art gallery there and she's like, I want this painting. And the guy's like, ah, someone already bought that, but we have one just like it in a similar style. She goes, no, I want this one. And they have an argument where he's like, I can't sell it to you. It doesn't belong to me anymore. And he keeps trying to explain this to this crazy woman. She sends someone else goes, excuse me, sir. And he looks away. She picks up the painting and runs away. He chases her while still yelling. I can't sell it to you. It's not mine anymore. 
But like, why you're still trying to explain this at that point, I don't get. Anyway, she turns around in the middle of the ball and him. She lifts him up telekinesis style, moves him over the edge of the railing and just drops his ass onto like two or three stories. And it's a, it's shot great of him falling a, a couple different great shots of a stunt fall. He hits this table and gets impaled on this st- a sculpture that's there. Fucking awesome. Super, super cool. The first kill of the movie is this bum comes into the mausoleum. And when he walks out, he walks away from camera and the back of his head just blows off. It's great. <laughs> okay. Then the best, the cool part is, and I think you'll appreciate this. You know who Beekler is, right? Beekler? Yeah. Beekler is a effects guy who was known for schlocky shit like Carnosaur and those oh, type of movies. I didn't know that where, was, like, you're trying to name a person. I, like, yeah, John Beekler. John okay, Beekler. Okay, and yeah, yeah, a, yeah. I think there's, a, there's an initial in there. He owned an effects studio, and it wasn't Stan Winston's by any means, but he did some fun shit that we kind of grew up with, and he did some really good horror movies where there was some good stuff and some silly stuff. There is a silhouette of this woman in her demon form, yeah, pretty early on, and you can't see anything except the silhouette, but you know it's like a woman or a man in a suit, and you know that suit is foam latex to the max, right? Yeah, and you know it's going to be almost like um like a, a Halloween haunt type of suit. Yeah, and when you finally see it, it is ridiculous. She's hugging a guy, and as she's hugging a guy. He starts screaming. When he falls away, his chest has been eaten. The full-body demon creature, her boobs are little faces, little creature faces, and it, like, eats a guy. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's fucking wild. And it's one of those movies, like, the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a couple people who somehow know about the possession, and they try to, like, you know, you know like, I guess they're supposed to be the lifeline of the audience, but it starts to be like, oh, only this person can break the curse for this no reason. And you're like, how did you know that? And also, why is that a thing? And it's just not, it's, it's not told. It's not mentioned or anything. Oh, oh, she picks up another woman and holds her over like a, it's like a upstairs and she holds her over the railing and the woman's part of the woman's chest rips open it's a very smaller version of what I'm making it sound like, but her shirt rips open and you see ribs popping out. And the idea is that she's opening her chest and it sells. It works. Is this fast paced or is this slow as fuck? It's not fast paced for sure, but it is also not slow as fuck. But I have to say that I was not sitting here with my hands folded watching just this. I was doing a couple of things. I was fucking around on my computer. You'll like it for sure. You might get bored during the boring parts and do something else while shit's happening. She's got a husband who clearly knows something is up, but isn't super worried about it. He's pissed that she brought home this painting. He doesn't even know that she stole the fucking painting and dropped some guy to his death. But then like later at, at dinner, he's like acting regular, even though he blew up about this painting and this other shit. It's. I'm telling you, it's worth the watch. You, okay. I think, like you and Kate would like it. You and Kate would think it was a fun the time. Images on IMDb are great, and almost every scene you described is on the IMDb pictures. Uh, so I think I need to watch this. The gore looks decent, and here is a picture is. of the boob it demons, is. and those are crazy looking too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! 
you know what it is? It's like it's that perfect it's that perfect balance where it doesn't know that it's pretty silly and everyone from director down is taking it super seriously. Oh good. So you can laugh at it but you're not even doing it mean spiritedly because they like the movie works. The movie does what it's supposed to do. Those are it's the best kind of shitty movies, and, oh, though, are the ones that I try. Agree. And this and it tries like it doesn't fail. It just does like it thinks it's a little more serious than it is. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's still it's a, it's a good time. Like it's one of those. I watched it by myself. I would love to watch it with you. If I watch it tonight at shitty movie Sunday. People are going to go crazy about it because it's it's just silly as shit in at certain points, That's and the amazing. gore is definitely like it's certainly worth it. Where can you see it? It was on Tubi, and I'm pretty sure it's also on Amazon. Prime. All right, I'll have to look into that. But since you brought up Possession, okay, here's a movie that has Possession in it, and Matt, you were sometimes known as the Ginger Ninja, right? <laughs> yes, I am. I watched a movie recently called Ninja Three: The Domination. Yes, that movie's fucking great. Right? So yes. this movie is amazing. It's the third in the ninja canon action film ninja series. The first one being Enter the Ninja, the second one being Revenge of the Ninja Ninja, and the third one being Ninja Three, the Domination. And this movie starts with this guy in a cave and he opens up like a rock casket, and inside is like a glowing techno chest full of ninja treasure with his, with like ninja stars and katanas and grappling hooks and like little spiky claw hand things. And he puts on a ninja costume. He, he looks like a ninja. He could be. And he, I mean, he could be, <laughs> he has this like really severe eyeliner on and he goes out and on a golf course, assassinate some guy. I knew there was a golf course involved. He's terrible <laughs> at it, though, because the guy has a bunch of bodyguards. And if you were a good ninja, you would like assassinate the guy and then sneak off and never alert the bodyguards. Right. What does this ninja do? He jumps out of the bushes and is like, huh. And the, the guards are like, "Uh oh, got to stop this guy. And he kills all the guards first in front of the guy. And as the guy's running away, he picks up the back of the guy's golf cart and then kills the girlfriend and the guy with a katana. Bad ass. Then all the cops show up and it turns into like a GTA chase scene where like you're just trying to rack up them five stars and get the helicopters to show up because <laughs> he kills 40 cops and takes down a helicopter with ninja stars. It is fucking amazing but the cops then like robocop the shit out of him because he's on the ground and they're just like and they unload it takes like five minutes for this guy to get shot and then he throws a smoke bomb and disappears and they're like oh spread out but he didn't disappear he just buried underground real quick and then he is like crawling away bleeding to death cut to this woman who's badass you can tell because she's climbing a telephone pole She's like a, a linesman, I think is what they call that. But she's a lines woman <laughs> climbing a telephone pole. She works on telephones and she sees this ninja crawling around, bleeding to death on the ground. And she's like, huh, I'm going to go see what's going on there. <laughs> huh. And she runs up to this guy and he's like, oh, and he grabs her and he's like wrestling with her. And it's like, oh, God. And then she shoves him off and he's like, wait, 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 wait. He doesn't say anything. he never speaks once. And he holds up his samurai sword and he's like, take it, take it. He's like, you know, the universal symbol for please take this. So she's like, all right, I'll take your samurai sword. And she walks away. That night, <laughs> the samurai sword floats out of her closet on fishing string. It looks really stupid. And she grabs a hold of it. And these like 80s techno lasers go all over her body. And she opens her eyes and she has the same severe eyeliner as the ninja. 
because that's how you know she's possessed. Mm -hmm. And now she's possessed with the ninja's spirit, and she goes on this bloody cop revenge, killing cops left and right, showing up at their funeral, killing more cops dressed as a ninja. Her cop boyfriend is like, "Uh uh-oh, I got to figure out what's going on, finds another ninja who has an eye patch, and they try and like rescue the girlfriend while defeating the spirit of the ninja. This movie is so bonkers. It is so over the top. There's so much action in it. I was cracking up the whole time. The funniest thing about it is I haven't seen the whole Ninja trilogy, Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, but from what I can tell, neither the first or the second one have any sort of magic in them or possession of any kind. This one just suddenly was like, took a derailed moment. was like, hey guys, magic, ninjas, super swords, possession, why the fuck not? There's a chance that Ninja 1 and Ninja 2 don't have anything to do with each other, if I remember correctly. I know for a fact Ninja's Revenge doesn't. There's a couple of those, and they don't have anything to do with each other. Hmm. That's hilarious. This movie, so for listeners who've been with us for a while, you guys remember our bitchin' fucking comic, Destroya, which is still coming at some point. We still have more to tell, but we've just been too busy. But uh, our artist and co-creator and writer steve prince this movie was one of the two things that made me immediately like accept him as a friend you know what i mean like he was one of those people that everyone's like you guys are gonna get along so well and then when you meet that person that has been built up for the first time you're like okay how cool are you he was like you ever see a movie called ninja three and i was like no he's like you should watch it it sounds like what you guys would watch for shitty movie sunday and that that week we voted it in and immediately i was like i will believe everything this guy says his taste is on point he knows what the fuck is up and it's funny that you that you mention this and i'm going to push it hard tonight ninja 3 when we do shitty movie sunday we do a vote every week ninja 3 has been in the vote and in the final for like the last month maybe month and a half and it just keeps getting outvoted by whatever is on the table at at, at, at that given night but damn now the taste is in my mouth i want to get back in there i'm gonna to have to try to convince everybody tonight to vote for that you guys should definitely check it out uh, a, a podcast that I, I enjoy called podcasting after dark just did a huge series on it where they i think they did a big episode they watched it so if you watch this movie it's on amazon prime and you like it you can check out their episode talking about it but Man, it was so much fun. It's so ridiculous. And there's so much severe eyeliner in this movie. Like every time they, she like gets possessed and goes on a killing spree, it's like whing, eyeliner. <laughs> Fucking great. This movie was hysterical, dude. I loved it. It's definitely like I've heard it sold before as n- ninja movie meets the exorcist. And that is, I think that's pretty apt. Pretty apt. It's bonkers. Oh my God. And it has not a very gratuitous sex scene. But one of the more ridiculous like moments uh, I've ever seen in a movie where a girl's like, let's do sex stuff now. She's like straddling him with like an oversized button up on and he's drinking a V8 from a can and she takes it, tilts her body back and starts pouring it down her chest. And it just looks like she got stabbed in the throat. Like, yeah, if it was definitely. champagne, that might be hot, but this just looks messy. And he's like, yeah, let me lick tomato juice off your stomach I, like it's just it's one of those things like i get she's trying to be sexy but it's not working and it's just fucking funny it's kind of like in the movie showgirls when she's like straddling the guy and just like throws her arms back and starts 
flailing around like a used car lot <laughs> wind sock tube dancer thing. <laughs> Even if you used a juice that tasted good and it wasn't gross tomato juice, <laughs> I don't think I'd be on board for that. But <laughs> be like, you're gonna get all sticky. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm de- you know I'm definitely not a big sticky guy, but. Um, <laughs> oh damn dude yeah (laughs) i I think it would be so funny because like if i was the cop boyfriend in that situation i'd be like do you want me to get a towel or something what do you want me to do here gross 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 (laughs) gross no that's hysterical oh so funny that was that's worth watching man and that was a was that a first watch for you You just yeah i'd never seen the first time yeah, I love I love that movie. I that was and it was one of those movies. It immediately solidified Steve as as someone who knew what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah, and no joke, it was one of those nights where shitty movie ended. Everybody left. I went on Amazon, looked up Ninja Three Blu-ray, add to cart, purchase now immediately. <laughs> no no reason to wait on that. That needs to be in the collection. You know. Oh, so good, dude. All right, what's the other movie you watched? All right, so this one's a little bit more serious. Also, really cool. But this one definitely is more like I watched it more. I didn't. I wasn't fucking around on my computer. You may have seen this one, Bloody Birthday from 1981. I have not seen it. We saw it. I believe we watched it for Shitty Movie because of the the um, synopsis. But it's it. The synopsis makes it sound sillier and more shitty movie than it is. But uh, at least according to IMDb, IMDb, it says three children are born at the height of an eclipse of the sun. Ten years later, they begin to murder the people around them, even their family members. That sounds more serious. The first time I read that, it said like three children with the same birthday start killing people. And you're like, what? And that is essentially what happens. There's no real description of what or why or how this is happening. There's one character who's into astrology who mentions it a couple times, but there's never like a, a specific thing. They just say that during this eclipse, some bad shit can happen sometimes. And these kids are all neighbors that happen to be born on the same day. They are creepy looking kids. And I'll tell you, they do a really good job. There's three of them. Two of them are really good. The other kid doesn't really do as much shit. So I don't know if he wasn't a good actor or they just gave the other two kids better shit to do. But there's a little girl. She fucking cuts a hole in the closet of her sister so that from her room she could look and see her sister changing. And she charges kids in the neighborhood a couple cents to watch her sister change. And it's creepy and gross. And then a little boy, you know, like an late elementary school boy, his teenage sister, who's friends with the changing sister, finds out about it. And when she finds out about it, she laughs it off. And you're like, no, that's fucking creepy that like little kids pay to watch this girl change. And then later, there's a scene where that girl, the sister, is in the room with the changing girl. And she looks into the closet and sees the hole and like chuckles to herself. And you're like, wait, are you not going to fucking tell her that that is there? And she thinks about it. And then the reluctantly is like, hey, just so you know. And you're like, wait, you didn't call her that night and tell her that? <laughs> I am. My jaw is in my lap. That is so fucked up and shocking but also seems like such an 80s movie thing to have oh for sure it's like no big deal it's like so basically these kids pull a porkies on his sister these children by the way are like seven eight nine maybe no not teenagers no definitely not teenagers they're younger than teenagers i would say they're they're young it's making it even grosser grosser yeah it's messed up 
the little girl at one point shoots someone through that hole with a, a bow and arrow. Like she. Oh, that's kind of cool. She kills her own dad for no real reason. They try to kill a kid by lo- a couple times. They try to kill him by locking him in a refrigerator and a dump, some other stuff. There's a couple shootings. There's a shooting where like a little uh, one of the, the, the little boy, one of the creepy boys, he finds this van that these two people randomly stop and just start porking in. Nice. And he just he watches them for a second, then opens up the back door and just shoots them both. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, what it, like, made these kids like creepy psychosexual too? Like we're going to watch fucking, people. Pork. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually there. I guess there is a bunch of that, huh? I'm going to watch my sister change. Gross. Wait, Held's the sister. In the show, I think she's supposed to be a teenager, but in real life, she's got to be in her 20s. Oh, God. Creepy. Oh, it's so are you creepy. Wonder, are you wondering if you have to, if you have to freeze frame? <laughs> no, I'm wondering if I'm going to be extra skeeved out. Like, it's one thing, like, that's already creepy enough, but if, like, in the show, she's, like, a 13-year-old, that'd be, like, even worse, like, even creepier. Yeah, fair enough. Ooh, blah, 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 blah. It's 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 an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> Having said how creepy it is, it's awesome. Well, it's creepy as shit, but it's definitely like it 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 hit the niche of of like why I wanted to watch uh why I wanted to watch a eighties horror movie that night. You know what I mean? I've been on an eighties. I've mentioned that before. It's like an eighties horror movie. I want to fucking watch those lately. I'm Have exactly you seen sure Happy why, Birthday but. to Me? Is that the new one? No, this is a 1981 horror mystery one. It's the cover is a guy with like a shish kebab thrown in his mouth. No, I know what it is, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, because that there's multiple like birthday horror movies. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now, but I have not seen it yet. That one's okay. It's it's it will also scratch that itch. There's a bunch of them like that, and it's funny. I was trying to explain to someone who's not like a film person or someone who doesn't really care about this kind of shit, like. I said I wanted to watch an 80s horror movie, and they were like, which one? I was like, well, I don't have one in particular that I want, but there's, you know, there's things that makes a movie an 80s horror movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of different types of 80s horror movies. You have slashers, you have um, creature features and shit, but I just wanted these, like, dark, creepy kind of ones, and I was like, that's, that's fucking cool, man. This was a good one, and it's got some good, some good kills, it's got some good sneaking around by the kids. The kids are pretty good actors, considering it's fun. It's a good, Where it's did fun. you see this one? Tubi. It was on Tubi. But I'm finding a lot of overlap with these movies. Tubi's a cool platform with their fucking programming. It's great. But it's, I find it really hard to search. Very I don't know hard if you're having find. this too. Yes. Like, like, I wanted an 80s horror movie. Amazon used to be able to do that the way I used to look at it, but now on Amazon I use a fi- I, I'm using a, an Amazon Fire Stick to find it. Yeah, and it's a lot harder to navigate. Amazon used to have like 80s slashers, cult following, you know, whatever. Yeah. Tubi has like a couple of different distinctive categories, and then that's it. Mm. You know, have you seen the Mutilator? Yeah, is that the one with the hook on the cover? Yeah, yeah, that's a fucking great. And I that's one of those ones I never heard of. Didn't know anything about it. Just threw it on one night because it looked baller and was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that one's great. It's tough, too, because knowing you, you've seen so many of these. It's, and, and I'm in the same boat. It's hard to find the gems anymore. And would you say this is worth checking out, Birth, Bloody Birthday? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely not like... And it's... I, you know what it is? I think it's like it's probably one that either if it hasn't been made as an Arrow release, it probably could be, you know? It's, I'm trying sorry, to add it to my list, but I keep spelling it birthday. 
<laughs> oh no, that's that's not a good one. That's not a. <laughs> that's good one. not a good. You shouldn't watch that. No, Don't. blappy blur, uh, blap, bloody blur today. Oh, it's on my watch list. How did how did that already happen? Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, but Tubi's Tubi's tricky to 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 try because you there's. I haven't found a way yet, and it also doesn't seem to link. Like, if you find Bloody Birthday, it doesn't look like it has a. Other people have also been interested in these movies, like Amazon does. It's weird what else it recommends, but on mine, I, I use an Apple TV, and on mine, it has a whole row of shit underneath it of like, you might also like this. That's how I watched Trancers, which was pretty great. Did you ever see Trancers? We've talked about No, it. I know, again, I know what it is, but I haven't Trancers seen it. was you, pretty cool. How did you watch that? You, you said the setup for that was that you, it shows it on the bottom, did you say? Yeah, so underneath, the, when you click on it once, before you hit play, underneath it, there's a huge row of like, check out this, 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 and this, and there's like 10 movies that are similar. In what? What, do you, what platform are you using? Apple TV. Oh, okay. So here's one that I watched recently, and this is also darker, but this was awesome, and I had never seen this before. This was Clive Barker's Lord of Illusion. Mm. Have you seen this? No. Dude, do yourself a favor. I believe it's on Pluto TV. Lord of Illusions, 1995 American supernatural horror film written and directed by Clive Barker. It has Scott Bakula of Quantum Leap fame. Mm. He plays Harry D'Amour, which is one of Clive Barker's like detective characters. And Kevin J. O'Connor is in it. He, you probably only know this guy as Benny from the Mummy movies from the 90s. <laughs> he was like the, the <laughs> sniveling idiot, but he's a star in this one. Famica Jensen, Famka Jensen, uh, Jean Grey from the X-Men movies is in this. And Daniel Von Bargen, who has been in a ton of stuff. He's one of those that guy actors. I know him. He is the competing chief of police in super troopers and in malcolm in the middle he's the guy who runs the military school oh yeah 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 and wait maybe i have have seen this this movie is bonkers i did dude. see this so it starts out in the desert at this like cult waco place and they've kidnapped this girl and all these cultists are like yeah the time has come and creepy <laughs> daniel von bargen plays Nix, and he's He's like, I got all this power. I will share the power with you. And he's making them all like do orgy shit and cut their hair and be freaky. He's got this baboon as a pet that he's like threatening the little girl with. And these other guys shows up with Kevin J. O'Connor. He shows up. His name's Swan. He shows up and starts killing people. And he's trying to save the girl. And the girl shoots the bad guy, Nix. And then he falls down. He's making people hallucinate. Really cool visuals, really cool practical effects. When he falls to the ground, Swan runs up and nails this like iron mask to his face and then pours blood on it from his own hand. And like the screws go magically into his face and they bury him deep. And then it jumps to the future a couple like 13 years later. And Harry Demore, the paranormal detective, he's like a P.I., they're like, we got to send you to L.A. to investigate some shit. And he's like, all right. But you can tell he's like way into the occult. He's like an occult detective. <laughs> he goes to L.A. The first job he's supposed to be following is stupid. Harry follows this guy to a fortune teller. But Harry finds that the fortune teller has been like stabbed with a bunch of knives by this guy who we recognize as one of the cultists from the beginning of the movie. And he's like, well, this is a more interesting case. I'm going to follow this. 
Harry meets Famica Jensen and Swan. And Swan is now a famous magician. And she's like, come to the show with me and I'll show you why he's so cool. And at the show, it's like some David Copperfield shit. It's big stage magic. There's all these people dancing on stage. They're like, woo, magic. And he just... Just so you guys know, he's acting out. I I, I think you guys know Rumi by now. He is acting out so much of this as he explains it. (laughs) (laughs) He he dies during one of his tricks. A sword falls on him and he dies. But everybody's freaked out. And the detective's trying to figure out what's going on. And it just turns into this crazy, like, cat and mouse between the cultist trying to kidnap Famke Jensen, because it turns out she was the little girl from the beginning of the movie. And they go back to the Waco creepy cult desert hideout, and Nyx is resurrected. And the whole time, these practical effects of the monsters and the hallucinations and the gore and the murder, they're phenomenal. There's one part where, like, these creepy... I don't know, like coral things start growing off of Nick's and it looks amazing. It's done practically. I'm sure it's little pieces that they started injecting air into to make them inflate, but they look really gross mm-hmm. and really good. Some really trippy visuals. He gets like a fucking forehead butthole that spits out magic. I kid you not. It's like a <laughs> pulsating fucking anus on his forehead and he starts <laughs> farting our magic at people. <laughs> this movie is bonkers. It's so over the top. It was so dark. It's really violent. It's really bloody. It's Clive Barker doing Clive Barker. So, you know, there's like some weird pseudo sexual BDSM homoeroticism going on. And it was just great, man. I, I cannot recommend this enough to people who have not seen it. It is very cool, very trippy. And I was, I was pumped on it. Did you like it because of the forehead butthole or despite the forehead butthole? I was pretty lukewarm on the movie, I tell you what. Until that, <laughs> until that butthole came on screen, I was like, hey, that's what this movie needed? Five stars. This movie was a three-star best until that pulsating forehead anus appeared on screen and farted out magic. Now, five stars. We'll watch again. Most definitely, probably fast forward to the butthole. Yeah, just make a gif of that. Just watch that part over and over. Yeah. I have not looked for any gifs on it, but <laughs> but that forehead butthole is a gift. But it should also be a gif. It's the gif that keeps on giving. Or as the kids say, gif. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God you don't sense. make the rules. <laughs> yeah jeff is a peanut butter not a not a fucking little thing that moves yeah but the creator said i don't give a fuck what he says that guy doesn't know shit obviously yeah i've heard that too and it's a pretty compelling argument and say like fuck that guy <laughs> yeah fuck that guy <laughs> really i don't give a fuck what you think also i feel like that's just a trolley thing to do to just be like actually it's pronounced this way and you're like i don't care i don't care <laughs> it's not how it's spelled also graphical interface format is not jaffical interface format graphics starts with a g with a hard g (laughs) so i think you're just being difficult on purpose creator of gifs (laughs) gifs i hope i hope it makes him angry i hope he's pissed every time he hears me go gif gif I made GIFs. I didn't make a GIF. I made GIFs. <laughs> Jerk off interface format is what you made. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's my GIF rant. <laughs> so GIF, yeah, GIFing it up. I get it. <laughs> Go watch Lord of Illusions. 
Yeah, you guys got a lot to do. Woo. Well, uh, that's all the movies I have, man. You got any more? You got anything else? You have a big announcement, man. You picked up some bitch in art. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty fucking excited. So, if you guys haven't seen our social media lately, I, I, in a last, literally a last second victory on eBay, picked up the original cover painting to Batman vs. Predator issue one, series one, by Arthur Z- Sudan, the zombie king. And freaking, it is amazing. And it's, dude, I bought it on Sunday. It was here by Thursday. I paid for it on, I think I paid for it on Monday or Tuesday. I have to sell some pieces to get it. I already lost, I already sold my, I have a Spider-Man Unlimited page that had a bitchin' carnage splash on it. So I just sold that one, but, and it hurt, but not as, not as bad. I'm going to have to sell something else. And it's probably going to be a McNiven um, Civil War page, which is going to hurt, but It'll be worth it. It'll definitely be worth it. Yeah. I am, of all the pages that you own, this is the one I respect you for. <laughs> this one? This is the one. I don't care about most of them, but this is the one. I love it. And I just posted it on, um, if you guys, I don't know if any of you guys are nerds, if you care, go to a website called comicartfans.com. And it's just like a gallery where you could look up all different um original art you could see what people own what people are trying to get what people whatever and you could see like my art is there you could see my art uh all different kinds of art uh and i just put i just put this one up last night and i'm pretty excited about it people are already writing like crazy people are writing on me uh writing to me on um facebook about it it's a huge fucking painting and it's bitching it really is and it's cool to see it in person are you getting it framed I think I think I mean I think I'm gonna have to. Even Amanda was like, "Well, if we don't have a lot of wall space in the house," but she's like, "If we pull this down and move this over, but it's a beast. It's a big deal." I'll, I'm in my bedroom right now, and there's a pretty decent space for it. I just don't. I think it's one of those things that I might be like, "Hey, wouldn't that look great there?" And she's just gonna give me that look that shows that she questions our marriage. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll have to see. Just put it above um, the baby's crib, so when he grows up, he knows how awesome his parents are. Well, so. I just bought the NECA Halloween three kids dying kid, you know, trick or treat kids yeah. three pack. And when I buy, I've been buying action figures and every once in a while I'll put a new one in, in Kent's in baby Kent's room. And she will eventually be like, when did you put this in here? And I'll be like, Oh, that's always been there. And it's, that's not true. And she knows it, but <laughs> he only has two shelves. So it's getting crowded. So I'm going to have to start taking some shit down. But I think if I take a predator down, I could put like a, and I'm going to put the dead kid, like with the worms come out of his fucking mask and his face. And he's got, Kent has a little train that spells out his name. And I think I could like position the dead body laying over the train. <laughs> like he collapsed on top of it. I which, think that's which one would you do. pick? Would it be the witch, the, the pumpkin or the skeleton? I think it would be one of the boys, the pumpkin or the skeleton. Um, because we well, the, we see the pumpkin boy get eat get his fucked up face the worst in the movie, and can I tell you too? I think it's just the fact that school is starting. It makes it feel like fall to me, even though it's fucking a hundred and five degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, and it's nowhere near Halloween. I immediately wanted to watch Freddy movies and Michael Myers stuff, and I'm like, I just wait a month. I just got to wait a month. Kate and I have been watching uh, some of the classic slashers. She was like, I want to watch Friday the 13th. And we started watching and she goes, I've seen this one. I want to watch Friday the 13th. I go, this is Friday the 13th. She's like, 
oh, what's the Freddy one? And I was like, Nightmare on Elm Street. What? So we watched the- how how is how is that happening? Every time we watch a movie, she has to ask four times, "What are we watching? What is this movie?" To the point that like I need a dry erase board that's like tonight's showing is this movie and put the title up so she just knows what it is and she just mixes them up. So we watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street and she was like, "Okay, that's cool." Cuz she had only seen that one once. I had she, I I made her watch it the first time and she's like, "We've only watched that one once. That's not my favorite one to go back to. It's good. It's really good, but I like 2, 3 and 4 better. They're more fun mm-hmm. to me." But then after that, she's like, okay, we can go back and watch Friday the 13th. And then we watched the first Friday the 13th again, which is great. That movie's so good. Really fun. Yeah. But yeah, that's the end of that story. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fall. Yeah. And I cannot wait to watch Halloween 3. That's my favorite Halloween movie right now. Halloween 3? Yeah. My favorite one. Really? Yeah. It wasn't last year, like the first time you saw it? No. It was, it was when we first did the... It was like when we first did the podcast and we were working on the famous monsters of Filmland Halloween oh, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. So that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. That was at least four years ago. You and so. I watched it together and that was the first time I watched it and it was great. And I'm just not a big Mike great. Myers guy. Like the first two are okay, but it, it, you know, they're fine. I don't really like anything after that because they just get kind of weird and the kills are just okay. I mean, he just stabs people. They're never that intricate or entertaining to me. But the second I one, I don't disagree with that, but I think I just, I, know, I just like and it. Amazing. I know you do, but you also watched them a bunch as a kid, whereas I was watching Universal. You know, I never had anything. I didn't. Going. I didn't. I was grown up. I was grown up. I was married. No, you me told Amanda me you watched for a couple of years. You told me you watched Michael Myers four all the time when you were a kid. No, that wasn't me. That was some other handsome guy that you. No, that's what you said. Hug, go, okay, people, go back and listen to our famous monster episode where we talk about all the Halloween movies. And Matt specifically is like, man, I just watched this all the time as a kid. No, maybe maybe Jason movies, but not. Never Not Michael, Michael Myers? Myers. Michael Myers. I definitely saw Halloween one, two, and I think three, probably a couple times growing up. But not like now. I try to watch the whole series every Halloween just because I love it. Ugh. But every I had seen when them they all. I remember the, cult, the little girl. Even though she's a good actor, I hate those movies because the kills suck and it takes forever. They're so slow, and then he just stabs him and it's done. Yeah, all of what you just said is true. There's it's it's that's that's for sure, but I would rather watch Jason Takes like Manhattan it. than any of the past three Halloween movies. I almost watched that the other night. Oh, I meant to say this before and I didn't. Beekler, the guy who did the special effects, yeah, in in the movie I talked about earlier, Mausoleum, yeah, he directed Friday the Thirteenth Seven Part Seven with the zombie Jason, and he did the effects in Zombie Jason. Oh, you know when Zombie Jason's mask pops off? Yeah, like barn doors, like cartoony looking. Yeah, like not only the mask popping off, but the face Jason's face looks cartoony. Yeah, yeah, that's how he looked. That's how that like that's like his style. But he, I think he directed that movie as well. He did, but that's Beekler. And fucking, we didn't talk about this. I just texted you. NECA just announced that they were finally releasing finally. that action figure, and I am psyched. Talk about having a zombie boner. Oh, I'm getting pre-order on that. I'm going to buy like a bunch of them. I love me some NECA stuff, man. I'm obsessed with NECA. I just bought the Casey Jones Raphael 2-pack 
from the movie. And it's Raphael in his trench, in trench coat, coat right? and Casey yeah. Jones. And I am doing a repaint on Casey Jones so I can make a body count custom figure for Casey Jones with the Captain Damn. America mask. So it's like an American flag painted on the mask. I want to get some guns 3D printed from a buddy of mine so that they're going to be back to back with guns. And I want... Uh, an eyeball flying through the air so I can put that, make like make a little diorama. Uh, Raphael's going to have a gun that has, in the comic book, they drew these, drew it really awesome where it'd be like in the air, like three like muzzle flashes connected with a swoop so you could see that he was going ta 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 and spraying and I want to 3D print that so you get the three muzzle flashes attached to the gun kind of that's coming off of it cool. to show a spray and I think that's going to be really cool. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna be fucking super cool. Yeah, I'm pumped. Oh man, yeah. So super stoked on the Jason, the zombie Jason. He looks great. I've been waiting for this one the whole time because that's my favorite looking Jason. It's not the best movie. It has a really cool like the the final girl fight with Jason and the psychic chick is really cool. And it's the first time Kane Hodder really just he gets lit on fire, thrown through stairs, electrocuted. It is insane. And to me, that's like one of my favorite jason final girl fights yeah and i like that uh, that's a fun evolution of that character so these all zombify and you see his fucking spine and his bones and shit and it's just it's fun and it's definitely i feel like i'm pretty into that series but if you were to show me just two shots of jason out of context i might not be able to tell you which which was from which movie depending on the you know the costume and whatnot but that one you know right away which one that yeah. is and it's a it's a little silly like i said it's silly at times but it's a fun movie man it's a fun time i actually wonder if i could do, i think i could do that that challenge what's that if you sh- just showed me pictures of jason and tell i could i think i could tell you which movie they were from guys send us pictures of jason and tell us ask us to tell you which one it is because if he has a utility belt you know which movie it is Right, there's a couple that are tells, right? Yeah. Well, I think uh, three. He's really skinny and tall. I think like in three, he also it's like a a pants shirt combo, and then you know in four, he's wearing that, but it has the the gout. You know, the mask is specific. Right, right. And then five, it's the blue triangles instead of the red triangles because it's nerd, 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 (laughs) nerd. (laughs) Because it's Roy Burns and not Jason Voorhees. Uh, yeah, I think I think I could do it. You know, it's funny. Now that you're saying it, I probably could do it too. Maybe not every picture. Three and four are the tricky ones because that's the one that's so similar looking. Uh, two, obvious. He's got a bag on his head and no hockey mask at all. What about what about eight? His mask is the widest. It's really wide and round. It's almost a complete circle. Perfect circle. What if it was just from the neck down so you couldn't see the head? Oh, same challenge. Costume, same challenge. no mask. Just, just the wardrobe, yeah. Just the buttons on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Gets tri- Well, if he's in overalls, I know it's two. If it's in a sweater and not a Jason Voorhees, but his mom, I know it's one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a sweater with breasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I think I know my Jasons pretty well. I also That'd know my Freddie gloves pretty well. I could tell you what movie... Which glove came from? Because each each movie has a slightly different. I watched glove. New Nightmare the other night. And I was thinking of you for that. <gasps> Isn't that good? That one's good. It's cool. It is actually. It's weird. We should do a we should do a Jason wardrobe challenge, and I'm gonna slip in a shadow Michael Myers and not tell you, and just see if it freak freaks you out. Well, yeah, you could you could make me think it is Roy Burns because that's the one where he does have a, a full yeah. on zip up speed suit. 
So we're just kind of off topic now because we, we were telling you guys what we've been watching and reading. Now we're talking about whether we think we know Jason's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the Freddy versus Jason again. I still like that movie. That movie's great. Yeah, that's definitely it's, it's popcorn, baby. It's, it's fun. Yeah, good time. And Freddy looks cool in it. I like the way he looks in that movie. Cool glove. The biggest blades on Freddy's glove. And Freddy oh, I fucking Jason. love his blades, man. The blades are so good. <laughs> I fucking love them blades. <laughs> Sticky fingers blades. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's blast this thing off. <laughs> Guys, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you've been watching. Have you seen any of these movies? Have you checked out Ninja 3 The Domination? Did you watch Mausoleum? You thought that was cool? You like those titty demons? Let us know. <laughs> Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and my website, LaunchpadPod.com. Till next time, we are the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.